0: You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show, the official podcast of HuskerHype.com. Now here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer.
1: Hey guys, Justin here along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. So the Urban Meyer scandal has completely wrecked our episode plan for tonight. We were going to offer our predictions and preview the uh, Big Ten East. Well, we're throwing away all those notes. We had a poll question prepared and everything. That's, as, as, that's gone to the wayside. Uh, we'll talk about that more in a little bit, but we're going to talk about the fantastic news out of Huskerland first. Maurice Washington has been cleared to play, and he will be eligible this fall. Tyler, what does that do to the running back competition
0: Well, I think that's going to be a really good, able body um, that's going to be able to compete going into the fall. I I think running back's a really weird position for us right now. Uh, You know, we we know what Frost likes to do uh, with the exception of maybe Greg Bell. I don't know how many guys we have that really will do that. So I think another body is a huge thing we could look at going into the fall.
1: Derek, do you think that's going to have a uh, immediate impact on the depth chart?
2: No, not really. I, I seen he has lost a weight and he's down to like 170 pounds. I don't know if you can gain enough back to be a factor by the time the season starts. Maybe I'm wrong. At the end of the well, day, at the end of the day, I think it brings great competition. I think he's athletic enough to bring competition. I I just don't know if he's going to be game time ready by September 1st.
1: Yeah, it you know the concern right now is is whether or not he would be if he's in football shape. You know. Getting all the conditioning and weight training, all that stuff. Getting that, Tyler.
0: Well, and, and, and you know, I don't want to go there because I'm really excited about this kid. But this kind of sounds a little familiar to a few years back with Jordan Stevenson. Right. Um, for people that may not remember, he was a really highly regarded recruit that came in, and he came in the fall camp not quite in football shape, and when he touched the field, was Donna a factor. So you know, you hope it isn't. But kudos to this kid because this was not an easy task for him to become academic eligible you know he had to definitely go work at this he had to try again and i am pumped that he's going to be in lincoln this fall
2: where i disagree with you on that tyler is jordan stevenson came in overweight looked like he hadn't been working out uh with this kid it's a little different he might not be in football shape he actually lost weight i mean he's, he was at 190 playing in texas playing under deon sanders as an offensive coordinator how cool would that be Oh, that is cool. Uh, at, at any rate, he lost, he's lost almost twenty pounds over the summer, and I'm guessing it was from working out, not from sitting around. So I don't think the guy is out of shape like Jordan Stevenson was. He just needs to get back bulk back up like a football player again.
1: Time will tell. He's going to be out there this fall uh, practicing. So we'll see if he comes in. And fortunately, you know this this new red shirt rule definitely is a positive for him, where he can. Uh, you know, play four games and still maintain that red shirt. So it may take him some time to get on the field and there's nothing wrong with that. We, we have some able bodies that running back for now, I think. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's going to be good to see what that guy can do. Anything else guys on that? All right, let's move to the lion, Urban Meyer, who's been placed on administrative leave for his response or lack of response to the domestic violence issue of scumbag ex-wide receiver coach Zach Smith. Uh, offensive coordinator Ryan Day will take over head coaching duties during the investigation. Uh, Derek, initial thoughts.
2: This was a crazy story. Like, we all heard about Zach Smith, it's Smith right? Zach Smith. We heard about yes. him uh, a week or two ago getting fired over the domestic violence. And I think it was kind of that was the end of the story, or at least so we thought. And now we're getting all this information coming out that sounds like Urban Meyer knew about it, and he's hiding it, and he's lying to the media saying he doesn't know anything. And and then you have the, his, the Zach Smith's ex-wife come out, and she's talking, and. She's saying she doesn't know if, if Urban Meyer knew and just this whole story is just going crazy.
0: Like I, I I don't I don't know what to believe right now. Tyler, what are your thoughts? I mean, if you look at the evidence, it's pretty compelling that it would be hard for me to believe that Urban Meyer would not have known about this. Um, you know, and and if if it is true he did know about this, shame on him. I mean, in today's society, rightfully so, you can't Hide something like this. I, he should have disciplinary action immediately. And with all that money and all the success he's had, I mean, he could have just screwed his whole legacy up. Uh, similar to Joe Pa. I mean, this is a huge deal. It, it kind of has that Joe
2: Pa feeling to it, though, don't it? Like, I, I understand it was completely different crimes, and I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say that this one's quite as bad as the Penn State crime. But at the same time, it kind of has that same feel. Like you have this legendary coach that everyone thinks so highly of and now all of a sudden he's just going to fall off his pedestal completely right
1: it kind of looks that way but you know the ohio state fans uh from what you see on social media right now they're kind of like completely in denial or like hey they're, you know it's it's not true. You know, there's, where's the evidence? And, you know, I, I guess I can kind of see their point. Nebraska fans, golly, we, we would be going nuts if something similar would happen with, you know, Scott Frost. Uh, thank God that doesn't happen. But, you know, I mean, I, I can see where they're coming from. They had high expectations for the season. And all of a sudden, that, that whole team, their, their season that they think that they're going to have is not going to happen. I see hands going up everywhere. Tyler, go first.
0: Well, in Ohio State has kind of a history of this. In 2011, before Trestle, uh was eventually fired, they Ohio State suspended him twice. I mean, they gave him every chance. Uh, but Justin, where I disagree, well, I not necessarily disagree with you, but it, this doesn't just change Ohio State's landscape. This changes the whole Big Ten. The yeah. reason why we scrapped this segment, because with Ohio State, uh, with Urban Mile, Ohio State's a contender for a national championship. Without him... Who knows what they're going to be. Uh, This completely scraps what the football season could have looked like.
1: I completely agree with you. And that's why I'm glad we did scrap the big 10 East segment because without urban Meyer and, and somebody else at the helm and who knows, they may lose some other coaches. If, if all the coaches wives knew about this and nobody said anything, there's probably more heads are probably going to roll on this. And so what does that do to this team? They go from, you know, a possible national title contender to what, you know, I'm sure they'll make a bold game, bold uh, game just based off of their talent. But I don't see them contending uh, in the Big Ten.
2: You, you know, just to kind of go back, uh, you talked about it, the social media and all and the, and the Ohio State fans and their reaction. If you remember right, when Joe Paul, all this happened at Penn State, all the, all the uh, Penn State fans completely denied that Joe Paul would have known anything. There are still Penn State fans that will say that Joe Paul knew nothing about this. Uh, I mean, Granted, the evidence points to he apparently knew a lot more than what they want to say he knew, but... So I, that's another reason I think this is very similar. And you're right. If it was Nebraska, we'd probably be doing the same thing. I'm glad it's not at Nebraska. I'm glad we haven't dealt with a situation. Like, we've dealt with some crappy coaches, but we haven't dealt with anything so scandalous here. Like, our biggest scandal was should you play uh, Lawrence Phillips or not, you know? And, and in today's day and age, you would never play him. But back then, it was a different time, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh My other question for you guys, so if uh, Urban Meyer does get fired and the scandal goes under, is the NCAA going to allow some transfers out of Ohio State like they did Penn State? And if so, what's the over-under on how many players decide to transfer?
1: Oh, uh, I haven't even thought that far ahead yet. I mean, you know, for the listeners out there that are listening to this podcast, news broke about this today. Who knows in two or three days how the information is going to shape and evolve? So maybe, maybe uh, it comes out Urban Meyer didn't know Jack, and here we are jumping to conclusions. But uh, yeah, that, that, that is a good question, but I guess we'll see what happens if he does get canned, I think.
0: Well, I, I think, Derek, to answer your question, I, I think the over-under, I'd put at least four. I mean, I think you would expect at least four, maybe five guys, um, you know, going through and leaving that school. So I I think it would be significant to the whole college football landscape.
1: Uh, Any other thoughts on this breaking news in college football?
2: Well, I guess here's another question for you guys. What's this do for Urban Meyer's legacy if if this happens? He gets fired over this. You know, I mean – This isn't the first time he's ever had questions brought up. Like, Aaron Aaron Hernandez questions were brought up after he got put in prison. And apparently he got in trouble at Florida, and Urban Meyer kind of swept it under the rug. And so he was kind of already raked against the coals on that. Now you have this, like, what does this do for this guy's legacy? He's this great coach, but seems (laughs) to not be able to stay out of trouble, right?
1: Well, obviously, he's learned the lesson is just deny it. Deny knowledge, and you can just keep on skating through the coaching world. Say, so I had no idea what was going on. And it's been working for him. But uh, yeah, Brett McMurphy dug deep, found some evidence, and um, it's it's, it's going to be a fun story. I, 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 I You know what? I want to take it back to the players for a second. I do feel bad for the Ohio State players that are there. Uh, that is just... You know, talk about a huge distraction for them. You kind of got a feel for them. I mean, is it too early to start looking at Nebraska's chances against them?
0: (laughs) (laughs) They just got a hell of a lot better. (laughs) Yeah, it did.
1: Uh, So, Jerry DiNardo tweeted out the Big Ten standings based on the last four years of recruiting rankings. Uh, He sent that out earlier this week. So, in this tweet, Nebraska leads the West. Uh, based off of recruiting standards the last four years, followed by Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, and then you got the other three teams. Uh, Derek, what are your thoughts on this?
2: My, my thoughts are what they've been the whole time. Like I, This isn't news to me. I, Jerry DeNaro tweeted this out. I've seen it. it. It really wasn't news to me. I think everybody or most people who pay any attention to recruiting know that we've out-recru- out-recruited these teams. It's just we haven't developed the talent that we have. We don't have that. Uh, unity of purpose as Scott Frost would say. We don't have the we just don't have an identity right now. I think Scott Frost will get that for us. And to me, it means it it blows me away that we're still sitting here going, we're lucky for a six win team. Like if we have that much more talent than everybody in a conference, I mean I get Wisconsin's probably still off the table because they have their you know, they have everything they need. They don't need the high recruits because they do what they do. Uh, but if we have that much more talent and we have these coaches that are supposed to be so much better at developing the talent, which I think they probably are, it, it blows me away
0: that people could still sit here and think we're only
2: a six-win team. Tyler?
0: Well, Derek, I, I, I think that the coaches are good. I think we do have good talent. I think you're underestimating how hard it is to go into a new system and get it going. Uh, when Scott Frost took over UCF, he had arguably the most talent in that conference. And his first year, it won six games. I mean, I think it is hard to implement a kind of system that Scott Frost is going to look at. Plus, with our schedule, I I don't doubt we have talent. That's what gives me optimism that this isn't a four-, five-, six-year turnaround if the players pick up the scheme. Uh, And and that's really what we're going to see is how well they fit.
2: Justin, do you have anything to add to that? Or.
1: No, no. I mean, I think, yeah, I thought you guys were going to take, I thought you guys were going to tear each other's heads off there. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, you know, it, it's something that uh, we've talked about in the past. Uh, you know, Wisconsin, they're just great at developing talent. And, you know, if you look at what we've done, we have had some good recruits, but you know what? Some of these recruits just, they're just not sticking around Nebraska. They're transferring. And I wish I had the numbers. I can't, I can't find the, the numbers, but you know, with, the transfers that we've had coming out of Nebraska, you know, that really hurts also. Uh, the coaching changes don't help. Uh, so, you know, I, I can see where it's six and a half. And, but, yeah, I, I do agree that the coaches are better. They've recognized their, the uh, depth, uh, you know, the talent deficiencies. And they're doing a good job. They're, you know, bringing in five JUCOs, five transfers, you know, to play immediately. Uh, that, that helps.
2: I think that helps tremendously, especially when you bring in a guy like Trey Neal, who was the fourth best tackler on u c f last year, an undefeated team that beat auburn he He also got had the game winning interception I mean, we 've talked about what he's done, but uh i I think that's huge for nebraska and i, I and he already knows the defense, so he 's going to be able to help the secondary out a lot so it's like, it's almost like having a second coach back there
0: i I think that you know, we've talked about these JUCOs and transfers, and with the exception of uh, him, I, I don't really – I'm not overly excited about any of them, like, today. I, that's not the right way to that. it. It's not that I'm overly excited. I'm not overly confident in any of them. All the rest of them are unproving people that haven't done a damn thing in college football. Wait, uh, who are, who I'm are,
1: talking are you about talking the JUCO, about?
0: I'm talking about the JUCOs and all the transfers.
1: Like Greg Bell doesn't – you know. Give what has optimism? he done?
0: How, how, how many D1 snaps has he taken?
1: Well, I, I get that, but I mean, it,
0: there's confidence. a lot of there's confidence.
1: A lot of, well, yeah, th- but a lot of people are pegging him to be the starter.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I misspoke when I said optimism. I mean confidence. I think right now there's a lot of unproven players that they've added to this team. And right now you've got some guys with some talent. You've got some guys that have some skill, but they have not done anything on college and a division one level. And, and I think that's where you're going in this season saying is can frost put all these little pieces together with a bunch of unproven. Cause I guarantee it. if Nebraska is a five win team this year. We'll be sitting there at the end of the year saying, yeah, I mean, what were you really expecting out of Greg bell? He was a juco. I mean, were you really expecting him to be a 1600 yard back? I mean, that's going to be the conversation if he doesn't do that.
1: I, well, I disagree. I mean, yeah, we'll we'll definitely play the what if game at the end of the season after five wins. I mean, th- what? that that just comes, but I don't think it's going to get to that point.
2: The what if game is going to be played whether we win five games or nine games. I mean, we're we're always going to do that. That's what we'll, that's what we do as fans, I guess. Now, uh, and and look, I don't necessarily see Nebraska being on a nine win team either. Uh, but six wins just seems really low to me i got I know our schedule's pretty tough, but I, when I look at our schedule, there's seven or eight very winnable games on our schedule, I think
1: well we'll, we'll be talking about the schedule here in the coming weeks uh, uh, when we give our finally get to the Big Ten West preview and Nebraska preview, so we will break down the schedule.
0: But the, but, 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 I just want to go, I'm sorry, Justin, but I just want to go back to that. but this is such a hard team to gauge because that that article about where we rank in recruiting, to Justin's point, those players aren't all still at our university. I mean, there's a lot of turnover. You brought in a lot of Jucos and a lot of transfers. I mean, this is not this is not the sum of all the parts. I mean, this is a lot of little separate pieces that Frost is right now trying to put into a puzzle and I think he's smart, man. I think he's going to be a great coach. I think he's a future national champion. But, man, that's a tall order when you look at the games on the road he's going to have to deal with.
1: Let, let me ask you something here. If uh, somebody reran these numbers to look at you know, the talent that is still remaining on campus, how do you think those rankings would reflect? Do you think Nebraska would still be on top? I mean, that's, that's tough. Cause we don't know, we don't know the, any of the other teams, but, uh, but would you be confident that Nebraska would still be on top?
0: I mean, no. I mean, you look at some of the guys we've lost. I mean, uh, Patrick O'Brien was a, definitely a very high recruit. Uh, Elijah blades was a very high recruit that never actually came to Nebraska. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson, uh, I mean, they're, they're, the four stars that we have lost in the last couple of years, uh, I mean, there's definitely those guys out there. Uh, I, I, But again, I can't speak to what the turnover at Wisconsin and all the other schools right. has been. So, I, I well, think it does happen at every school. I mean, hell, the only reason we got
2: Jordan Stevenson is because he wasn't academic, academically eligible to get into Wisconsin. So, I mean, it happens, I think, at every school. Maybe maybe it's happening more at Nebraska than some of these other schools. I, I can't answer that either. However, I it, I think it does happen at every single school. Like, it doesn't matter what your school is. and it, it doesn't matter what conference you're in. I think it happens at every school across the nation.
1: Well, both Wisconsin and Nebraska missed out on Jordan Stevenson.
0: <laughs> and where is he now? I'll tell you this much. Uh, Jordan Stevenson is probably, like, freaking out right now because he's been named like seven times on a podcast i I don't know what the hell that guy's doing but uh kudos to him for being like the star of the show tonight hey where is he i don't know can somebody google that that?
1: (laughs) somebody will know (laughs) all right uh speaking of knowing things and not knowing things this is going to be the segment where i'm going to completely get destroyed in uh we put out a poll last night uh, something that I thought was going to be a there's going to be a lot more people on my side, uh, but it's going to backfire. This was the poll question. Scott Frost has said the coordinators will not be available for post game interviews this season. How much does this decision concern you? The options were very concerned, a little concerned, not concerned. I agree, and it doesn't matter. Uh, Before we get to the results, Tyler, what do you think?
0: I'm sorry. Before we get in the results, Justin, you go first. Tell us what you think right now.
1: Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, Obviously, I am on an island by myself in this because I said very concerning. I think when your coordinators at Nebraska under that microscope and that fishbowl being paid all that money, I think you should be available for post-game. You don't have to speak every game, but I think you should be available. Uh, I just think that's the right thing to do. You want to preach accountability as a staff? Well, the coordinators should be accountable as well. Uh, There's no reason why they should not be available to field a few questions. Uh, Players are expected to do it. So that part just completely uh, blows my mind. Uh, plus all the other coordinators and going back like defensive corner, going back to, uh, uh, Charlie McBride, they've all spoken in post games. And we take a look at what happened last year when Bob Diaco did not speak after the Arkansas state. And that turned into a one giant shit show. You know, everybody was coming out saying, we're, you know, why isn't he speaking? He went into hiding. He's on his way to Arby's. How come he's not talking to the media? You know, we want to know. Uh, so a couple of that this year uh, with Scott Frost saying it, I, I was shocked. Uh, so, yeah, I, I voted very concerned. Tyler, I'm going to bring, come back to you.
2: Well, before you I, I, do, just to let you know, Jordan Stevenson's at Navarro College playing for the old Bulldogs down there in Corsicana, Texas.
1: Oh, wow. That's not too far from here.
0: No, I've been there a few times. Just, you'll have to go uh, check him out, Justin. Uh, I, I might. So, so, so Justin, let me tell you why that is one of the dumbest takes in all of Nebraska right now. I mean, you, you preach accountability. These coaches are, should be accountable to Scott Frost. But that's who they're accountable to. I don't give a damn if they get out and answer questions. Uh, I What I would expect as a head coach... Scott Frost is backing his coordinators and decisions. And if he disagrees with him, handle it behind the scenes. I don't need to see what I saw last year under Mike Riley where a bunch of people were talking and they all sound like they're on different pages. It's a shit show. So I think this is a not a matter at all. This is not positive. It's not negative. It's just it's nothing. To me like this is not a factor at all in what I think of the husker program you don 't want
1: to you don't want to see any of the coordinators is that what you 're saying you don 't want to see them or you don 't
0: care if they speak I would love to see them that 's why i don't think it 's a good thing I, I I would like to see them I just don 't think it ultimately matters period like just because I get enjoyment out of it. Doesn't mean anything. I like watching how I met your mother, but it doesn't mean that that's making anything better. It's just enjoyment. It's pop culture. Like It isn't going to make the team any better, period.
2: Derek? I, I agree. With, I, can, I can find ways to agree with both of you. Uh, Justin, I, I know you and I had this long argument about this the other night. I, I still think you're making a bigger deal out of it than what it is. Uh, I, I was actually in a very minority thing, a minority part of it, too, because I voted for uh, Little Deal. Like, I get the accountability thing. I think it's a little hypocritical to sit here and say players need to be accountable for all their actions. And to sit here and tell coordinators that you don't have to talk after games because you're not being accountable for what you just did in the game. But my thing is they're still going to talk. Like, defensive coordinator is going to talk every Tuesday after the game. Uh, so, So it's not like he's not going to talk at all. I know that gives him a little time to prepare for what he's going to say, and I guess I, I have no problem with that. I don't need an overreaction being put out there by our coordinator and end up with some stupid comment, like a Bo Pelini comment, because he's pissed off because he just had a terrible game and somebody is asking him stupid questions before he's even being recorded or, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't have a problem with it per se. But, I, but as far as the accountability part goes, I, I can see where that's a little concerning.
1: All right, I want to get into the results real quick. Uh, again, here's the question. Scott Frost has said the coordinators will not be available for post-game interviews this season. How much does this decision concern you? Very concerned. 3% of the people voted very concerned. I, I think, was I think one you of were those.
2: the only vote for that.
1: <laughs> a little concerned, 7%.
2: I think there might so, be two people. <laughs> Me so, and you have, so you
1: have so you have ten percent. We had six hundred and fifty votes, Derek. Six hundred and fifty. Ten <laughs> percent. Sixty-five people said they were it was a little more concerning. Uh, then you have not concerned, I agree. Twenty four percent. Almost a quarter a quarter of the people completely agreed with Scott Frost mishandling.
2: Before you go on, is is, is this just of a – everybody is just trying to agree with Scott Frost. Those 24 percent, are they just agreeing with Scott Frost because of Scott Frost, though?
1: Well, that's going to be my next question when I finish this poll. (laughs) So it doesn't matter 66 percent. So, yes, that's where I wanted to go with that. Uh, Do you guys think that with Scott – because Scott Frost said it, if people are agreeing, Tyler?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think I think Scott Frost right now can do no wrong. Um, You know, Justin, you got in this debate last night. Uh, If Mike Riley had done this, what the reaction would be? And I think it's kind of double edged shorts. I think right now in Husker Nation, Scott Frost can do no wrong. And honestly, Mike Riley could do no right. So, yeah, I think this would have been completely different if Mike Riley had said it over Scott Frost. Um, But, yeah, I think that a lot of fans right now. If if he said I was going to get rid of black shirts, I think a majority of Husker fans would be like, "Well, Scott Frost knows best. Let him do that."
1: And <laughs> oh, I completely. Yeah, I agree with that.
2: Uh, I don't know if you yeah. try to take black shirts away, there may be some feedback on that one. Uh, but you're but you're right. People are just going to agree with Scott Frost because of Scott Frost. I, I do agree with that. Uh, I, I did find it a little humorous that most of the people that voted in our poll. <laughs> basically voted to tell us they don't care about this. Like, and this is the biggest poll we've probably ever had. I, I found
0: that a little humorous.
1: That was pretty funny.
0: Well, what I find but, funny is, like, normal, everyone confirmed that I was right and my thought process, that is not a matter at all. So I'm glad to have fans. I know, fans it, I know that doesn't
2: matter. happen very often for you, so congratulations.
1: Hey, I want to I get back to what Scott Frost, you know, Scott Frost doing no wrong. If any other coach, previous coach, would have come in and said that they were going to change the tunnel walk, people would be in an uproar. And now Scott Frost says he's going to change up the, uh, uh, the tunnel walk a little bit. People are like, yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's kind of a good idea. Yeah, let's update it. Yeah, that's a great idea. It's crazy, Derek.
2: You're right, but wait for, wait for that first loss. Attitudes are going to change. People are going to quit agreeing with Scott Frost. The first time we get our asses kicked by 20 points or 30 points or whatever it may be.
1: Let's hope that day never
0: comes. Well, I well I will disagree with you as on the tunnel walk. I think there has been a a nice chunk of Husker Nation that has been wanting to see a more modernized tunnel walk. And except for old bogeys like you two that love that like i think i remember a couple years ago there was a lot of push for let me clear my throat being a new tunnel walk and old fogies have been pushing it down now you got frost in that the fogies are all behind and uh yeah i I think the i think that's why he's getting it but there's been a nice majority of husky nation has been wanting to upgrade a tunnel walk for a while
2: you know i'll I'll say this if you if you change a tunnel walk that's fine as long as it still gives me chills the way they, the way it is now, the way it is now, I can still hear. It. Every time I hear it, it, just gives me chills down my spine. It just it just gets me ready for football. I, it pumps me up. So if the, if it you takes get, me, if you, if you get another tunnel walk that does the same thing, okay, I'm fine with it. But let's not come out to mm-hmm. what was the what. Let's. Hold hands together, or some crap that he was talking about coming out to. I don't know. Some Beatles song or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if that's it, that's just not going to do it. I don't think. No, you're no. It, it was come together. I'm kidding.
1: All right, guys, uh, it's time to get out of here. But first, we got the last call segment. No, li- no topics are off limits. Last call to you, Tyler.
0: So. There was an article from the spun.com uh, telling a story about Jim Harbaugh this week that I highly recommend people check out. But uh, to, to summarize it, uh, it was an interview with Wilton uh, Spite, who is a former quarterback there, talking about how Harbaugh did not want this, him to eat chicken uh, because chicken was a nervous bird. And I just sit there and I hear this story and I am really wondering if Jim Harbaugh is completely losing his shit. Cause that is a crazy ass story to say, don't eat chicken because it's a nervous bird. I mean like that, that is the the funniest thing I think I've heard in a long time.
2: I'll tell you why, if he don't, if he doesn't start winning some games, people can get really tired of these antics from him. Like he's had these weird stories all the time and the only reason they put up with him is because they think he can win. If he don't start winning, I, I kinda wonder how long he's gonna be around anyway.
1: I wanna know if he was serious or not. Is this something that was just kinda said in jest, but he did it with a serious tone? I mean, who who says that? I mean I've I've never even thought of that before. That is
2: just that's crazy. Well, I mean, did, I, you, did you guys watch him at Big Ten Media Days? Like, he he's no different. He doesn't change. He's Every time he answers a question, he looks like he didn't pay any attention to the questions being asked. He's just (laughs) off in his own little world, and then all of a sudden he spouts out some words that make no sense, and you're like, okay. And media just goes, oh, yeah, I mean, this guy's a genius when it comes to
0: football. Well, he sure as hell can't give an interview, that's for sure. Well, I'll tell you this. You know who's probably the happiest person right now? Is the guy who thinks chicken makes you nervous, uh, Jim Harbaugh? That he may not have to face Urban Meyer again. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah.
1: All right, last call to you, Derek.
2: All right. So this story's probably been way overdone. It, it's turned into a weird story, but so as everybody's already heard, and I'm not going to be breaking any news here. Scott Frost's home was broke into this week or last weekend. The reason it's turned out to be so weird is at first there were 15 or 14 championship rings and 10 pairs of shoes. There was $165,000 worth of stuff stolen. And now it's coming down to, well, his Oregon, some Oregon helmets and some signed autographed pictures were stolen and uh, in five pairs of shoes. That, That total has come down dramatically. And, I guess it's probably not – I mean, I, whoever the idiot was that did it, Like, what are you going to do with that stuff? Because any, any, anything that anybody knows was Scott Frost is going to turn you in. Like, But it sounds like most of his Oregon stuff is stole. So is it some crazy Nebraska fan that wants him to forget about his Oregon past? Or is it some stupid Oregon fan that lives in Nebraska and wanted all of his Oregon stuff?
1: Yeah, I, I, I have no idea. I, I don't know what you're going to do with that stuff. And, uh, you know, you, you hear people stealing uh, art, you know, stealing art. I guess you go on the black market and sell it, I guess. Maybe sell it on the dark web or something. But, yeah, it's not going to do you any good. Tyler?
0: I, I, all I have to say is whoever out there in Nebraska decided to break in the Scott Frost house has to be the biggest dumbass. He's probably from Iowa. Let's just be real. He's probably from Iowa. <laughs> How did I
2: know Tyler would go there? The the one thing the, the one other thing I, th- I thought was kind of weird was that the police says they have no suspects. Well, how about you start with the people renovating his house who left his garage unlocked? I don't know. Yeah, I think, seems like a good place to so, start to me.
1: Inside job. All right, last call to me, and my last call goes out to fall camp. Fall camp starts this Friday. Uh, tomorrow, by the time people are listening to the podcast, uh, they've already heard the press conference on thursday uh so all the storylines that we've started to create they're going to start to be answered uh so tyler what do you think
0: well i'll tell you the thing i'm probably most intrigued about fall camp is frost has made a pretty big deal about getting everyone some playing reps and i'm going to be curious how he actually implements that going into the fall um that that right there is going to be the most intriguing thing about Fall Camp is how he gets reps to all these players. So Derek, well I hate to give the generic answer
2: but I think the question that's still on everybody's mind is this quarterback competition. I that's going to be I think it's still going to be intriguing even though it's probably going to be overspoken like every article you're going to see come out is going to be about this quarterback competition. But boy, I think it's going to be fun.
1: So we don't hear anything from the media about, the, or from the coaches of this practice until Monday. Is that correct? So they have three days of practice before we get any media reports.
2: I believe so. Yes.
1: So that, that could make a long, anxious weekend uh, knowing that they're practicing and you're not knowing Jack. So, uh, but by the time we record next week, we'll have those reports. So that'll be a fun episode. So we'll be talking about fall camp. Uh, So let's get out of here. Be sure to follow the Husker CuzCast on Twitter at Husker CuzCast. Like us on Facebook. Give us feedback. Maybe you like our show. Maybe you hate it. But let us know. And please share the episode only if you like it. You can find all of our episodes on Podbean and on iTunes. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. And as always, go Big Red.